Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction that that comes with it. We are your hosts. I am PS McKay, coming to you with an actual recording this time. Unlike the last time when we thought we recorded an episode and we didn't, because I didn't hit record. Yes, you. I'm GT Catman, and I'm giving you a fail. It was a fail. We were, we were, we thought F-A-L-E we were, we were quote unquote, fail. we were quote unquote recording for a full hour before I realized what happened. So, <laughs> Dude, are I you did, drinking I, Adele's hard lemonade? Narragansett Del Shandy. Oh. Is that like a, uh, like a hard lemonade? It, it. A shandy is beer and lemonade mixed together. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with the local colloquialism, especially when it comes to drinking culture. No, I that, that's that. more of it. I think that, well, Leinenkugel, if you've ever seen ads or heard of that, that's like a Midwestern, it's a shandy. Shandies are a thing, my man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not just a New England thing. Well, okay, you're right. I did, I did make a weird local generalization. So you're probably, you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. So, um, anyway, you doing good? You have an early day tomorrow, I know. So, yes, yes, I'm, I'm doing okay. All right, back from the break. You have your family home with you now. Your, your furniture's not there yet. Not yet. But uh, so so they're still with your parents right now. They are two miles two miles down the street. <laughs> yeah, we had dinner together over here just because we had stuff. Folks weren't home, so it was just easier to do it. But nice. sleeping arrangements are much better when you have beds. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happened. We're just well, waiting on the truck. Well, fingers crossed. Um, exciting episode. I've been, I've been, I've been looking forward to this all day. This is the day after episode six or part six of the Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> show has Sorry, aired. I can't do a good Sam Witwer as Darth Maul, but no. <laughs> and I and I think they missed an opportunity last night, but. No, this is all about Darth Vader and and uh, Kenobi, man. I know. Uh. <laughs> Starts yelling Obi Wan. I just kind of wanted him to to yell Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> he so. would have turned around and go, "That's not your line." <laughs> all right. So, quick recap. I think we'll do a quick recap. I'll do the recap. Of the and then you Yes, of all the centuries. And then you could fill in spots where you go and then where where I go along. And then you can give your your we'll give our two cents on what we felt about everything. So. Mm-hmm. All right. That's right, folks. You and McGregor is back and stifling his normal Scottish accent for a stuffy British accent. And I'm sure it's to his great shame. Do you think do you think they feel that way? I mean, I, I think about that, about the Irish when they when they go to England and stuff and. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's more stigmatized here. Maybe. 
Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe we've just watched Braveheart one too many times. <laughs> but I know he did do his best to sound like an like Alec Guinness, which I appreciate. He did a very damn good job of it too. And a fellow Scotsman is his uncle, who is also a Star Wars alum, an OG Star Wars alum. Yeah, you mentioned this before. I can't remember it. His uncle is Scottish actor Dennis Lawson, who is best known for playing Wedge Antilles. That's right. Basically the only fighter pilot to survive from episode (laughs) four to episode six. He is one of two Uh. pilots Outside the Millennium Falcon and Luke Skywalker that survived the, the run on the first Death Star. Right. He survived the Battle of Hoth. And he led one of the two fighter wings against the second Death Star. And he helped blow that up. Did we see him in Empire Strikes Back? We did. We did. Uh Sorry, I, I'm not as I'm not as into the lore as you are, and I I know that's not it's not an excuse or anything. No, much like your shame for not recording, your shame for not being anywhere close on this one. No, I am recording now though. So, yes. Dennis Lawson, <laughs> who played Wedge, apparently did not actually voice Wedge. Don't know what it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) But the actor, Dennis Lawson, also came back for a brief cameo in The Rise of Skywalker, where apparently he was manning one of the quad guns aboard the Millennium Falcon with Lando and Chewie at the helm. Oh. Oh. Using his real voice this time, I might add. Yeah. Oh, good for him. To go back and give the... The final order, the wedgie it deserves. Yeah. <laughs> the final order. That's right. They were the final order. They got the <laughs> final wedgie from, from Chewie Lando and Antilles himself. <sighs> that being said, Wedge Antilles became a very popular character in the expanded universe. He actually had an entire series of books where he basically starred in it. The X-Wing series of books. You know, they were kind of running concurrently with some of these trilogies and whatnot. Yeah. Had had some decent character. Well, had some decent appearances in uh, the uh, Thrawn trilogy, which I'm finishing now. But it is quite excellent. He is Ewan McGregor's uncle. And one last side note, family-wise, Ewan McGregor's brother was a Royal Air Force fighter pilot flying British tornadoes, and his call sign was OB-2. Yes, that's right. (laughs) His brother. I find that delightful. That's such a delightful little thing. I find that so amazing. It's it's great. Uh, you gotta love, you gotta love that kind of penetration into nerddom and and whatnot in in uh, the military and cult culture overall. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So 
it's but it's you, good, and we can talk about the benefits and the negatives of that in another another episode. Well, let's but. just talk about how good it was to see Ewan McGregor back as Obi Wan Kenobi because he really was basically the best thing in the prequel trilogy. He was the most Across, consistent, yes. and the best performer. Yes, absolutely, consistently it, best performer. Natalie yeah. Portman was also a strong performer in the earlier movies in the trilogy. I think they sandbagged her a bit in Revenge of the Sith. Um, well, the only role she played was getting pregnant in that in that movie. She was such a badass in the first two movies, and then she ends up barefoot, <laughs> pregnant, and whiny in the third. And just come watching. on, George, come watching. on! I know. <laughs> She's the mighty Thor, dude. Don't highly, highly unfortunate that she turn of events there. Jacked in these pictures, in these clips for the new Thor movie. I want to know how much is CGI and how much is real. No, apparently she really Marvel asked her to put on some muscle, and she. Went I know. To town. I know she went to town. I know. I, I'm giving her. I'm giving her every credit in the world that she worked out as hard as she did. But I just want to see. The real her with that muscle, not not the the camera tricks her. You know what I mean? And it's it's not a knock on her. I just want to see how she was able to, you know, how far she went along. You know what I mean? Some of the um, behind the scenes footage and like the 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 set leaks and I guess some of the press tours. She's looking pretty <laughs> pretty jacked. So what do you think? They told her to start working out after they ended, after they finished Endgame, or maybe like because uh, I know that you can get really good definition after about six months, like really good definition, depending on your starting situation. But anyway, we're Needless going down a rabbit say. hole. Needless to say, it it can tie back to Star Wars and. Ewan McGregor coming back as Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I believe had its life as a possible spin-off movie, much like the Boba Fett idea was a spin-off movie. Back when they were still doing spin-off movies like Rogue One and Solo. Right. So let's let's do a recap on this. So starts out, we see Obi-Wan real sad, solitary life. Uh Depressed, cutting really. a crate dragon. Uh, up and it's not a crate dragon. Oh, it wasn't. I thought was I thought it was other so... creature, but it was not a crate dragon. Oh, I bummer. can't remember what it was, but okay. Well, would have made sense to be a crate dragon, but there's other stuff on Tatooine that we don't know about. Everything's um, on Tatooine, you know that. I know, right? The most implant important planet in the galaxy. It really is. They used to be covered in water, <laughs> according to Boba Fett. So we see Obi-Wan living a very depressed life, watching Luke from a distance. And then, um, you know, it comes. Then we go to, to Alderaan, which I recognized. They don't they don't say the names of the planets, but I recognized Alderaan from. Well, um, you, you kind of assumed that it was because I think we knew Jimmy Smith was going to be in the. I didn't know. I stayed as far away from I, all this stuff. I, as I much made as an assumption because I had seen Disney had just released a lot of the main cast, you know, like like uh, headshot photos. They didn't say yeah. who was playing who, but 
once Jimmy Smith was confirmed, you knew who he was playing. Yeah, well, of course. I didn't I didn't know that far. I, I stayed away from it because I wanted to be surprised, um, which is a miracle. Because So I was surprised to see little Leia there. Um, that they kept secret from what I can tell. Right. Uh, so I, and so Leia, we see her in her royal duties. She's a smart, wisecracking, very uh, insightful little person. Um, I don't say little girl because she she had the wit and 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 intelligence of a of a an adult. Let's be honest. She was basically her mother's <laughs> daughter with a little bit of her father's <laughs> recklessness, as was established in the last episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, in the, in the first episode, you can see it. Yeah, I know. As was explicitly stated in the last episode. But so Leia, for all intents and purposes, gets kidnapped. Uh, and it turns out that Reva, who's a third sister as one of the. Um, oh, my God. What are they the, the, the Inquisitors. Um made the arrangement to steal Leia because she knew that Organa, Senator Organa, had some kind of connection to um, Obi-Wan. And so Organa seeks out Obi-Wan, convinces Obi-Wan that he needs to find Leia for him. And You've actually skipped too far ahead. You blow past the fact that the Inquisitors go to Tatooine they I, harass I, I, the populace. I'm doing a general. I'm yeah, doing but a this general. Is, this is this is a big part. There is a Jedi. <laughs> yes, he meets but we can with talk Obi-Wan. about. These are little things that we can talk about. Like, <laughs> no, this, you can't gloss this over. You can't okay. gloss it over. <laughs> Obi Wan basically refuses to help a young Jedi who's on the run. I would because he doesn't want to talk about this, but that's fine. We're going to come back and talk about this, but that's fine. Oh, my God. Just speed it up then. So hijinks ensue. We learn we we learn that Obi-Wan has been hiding his force powers so he cannot be detected by the Empire, i.e. this Jedi comes and tries to find him. We could talk about that. He goes off world, finds Leia, couple rescue sessions. Darth Vader gets in the mix. Uh, Reva is on this tale. Uh, gets in Darth Vader's good graces, becomes the Grand Inquisitor, uh, leads a um, leads a special force after implanting a, a tracker on Leia in her robot Lola, which I want. I want Lola. I want that <sighs> robot. And <laughs> yeah, dude, just go back twenty years, get a disc man, and there you go. It is. It's true. But a disc man that flies. <laughs> so I, I, that doesn't count the time my brother threw it. So um, lo and behold, uh, at one point, Vader confronts Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is not up to, to, to par with his force skills, and it's mostly him running away. And then he gets badly damaged. Uh, he's rescued by a turncoat or undercover. Uh, Dear Varma. Yep. Uh, what was her name? Tala? I think so. There's a lot of Talas right now. There was a Tala in Star Trek Picard. There's a Tala in uh, 
uh, Orville, and then now now there's a t- t- all at the, around the same time. That's crazy. So let's just say Tala. Um, she rescues him, heals him. They hide out on a private on, on a, a secret uh, planet before they can disperse. The Empire tracks them there with Lola, and uh, then uh, Obi Wan has to confront uh, uh, Vader. Well, don't forget they re kidnap Leia. Huh? Leia gets kidnapped again. Uh, she got kidnapped like a couple times, yeah. So, anyway, that is that is the overall thing in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it lacked the overall gravitas. Now we can get into the meat and potatoes of it, though. So the let's. Obi Wan we meet is a broken, depressed man. Yes. Now he's literally living in a cave, which I don't even. I'm not even sure was completely covered from the elements. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. That's crazy. Now, before you go into that, because I, I do want your insights. Number one. Did you like it? Did you I love did. it? Did you hate it? I, I enjoyed it. So somewhere between like and love. I enjoyed it very much. Okay. That's a fair answer. Yeah, I, you know what? Answer. I've been re-watching the book of Boba Fett. And while there were still some missed opportunities, because I was re-watching it with my kid, I, I actually think they do a better job than I give them credit for. On the second, on the second watch, so. But I do think that the that Obi Wan is a better show. I think I they agree. did their flashbacks a little bit more consistently better, and not as much. Um, they did not overblow cameos. They actually developed a few new characters who seem to be kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, people who may have a future in star Wars. I I'll say this again. I, I don't get the, how toxic members of the fandom taking shots at, the actress Moses Ingram. I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't think her acting in the first couple episodes was strong. Her acting was pretty weak, actually, in like the first four episodes. Right. I uh, think, but I blame, I blame the writing on that. Yeah. It, it, it was. It didn't. Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you she off. She went into like tantrums, kind of like Kylo Ren. Yeah, and I found it cartoonish I, I i found it it wasn't it wasn't menacing it was no, just cartoonish and, was and little, silly and and at times juvenile. It was a little bratty yes but again there's no need to be an asshole to the person online well same agree agree it's i mean again she did the best with what she could with the the the, the product that she and was given. And she may not be the best actress, and that's okay. There's plenty of, you know, I love the A team. Is Mr. T the strongest actor? Well, physically, perhaps he was pretty strong, but <laughs> no, did not have a huge range. 
but you still got no. it was Mr. T, right? He yes. was B.A. Baracus. But I mean, I found her, she did get better. The character got more nuanced. As soon but, as the uh, character got more nuanced, when they finally established in part five who she was, which we knew that she was in the Jedi Temple when it was when Order 66 went down. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It, we finally got to see some pathos in her story. Yeah. And we got to see that nuance. And I at that point, I started to appreciate what she was doing because she didn't want necessarily Obi-Wan. She wanted to get Vader. Although she blamed right. Obi-Wan for Vader's, you know, birth. Where were you? I was exactly where I was ordered to go. I was killing fucking Grievous. That's what right. I was doing. I was right. killing Grievous when this shit <laughs> was going on. So, do you want to go, little girl, and, uh, you know, when you were 10 years old or whatever it is, and go take on fucking General I know, Grievous? I found, I found her, and I found well, her antagonizing but, of, of him. But you got to understand but, that. I mean, like, where were you? You know, you were one of the Jedi Council members. Where were you? I mean, when you're suffering that kind of trauma at that kind of young age, you will lash out. You're not going to truly understand with that much grief and pain, probably. Go, oh, yeah, you were off killing Grievous. Right. Yeah. Huh. Oops. Mm. Right. Maybe they, maybe they sent you out there on purpose. Right, they they dispersed all the Jedi on special on special uh, missions with their right. clone troopers, so that they wouldn't have any backup while the clone troopers got Order sixty six implanted and activated. Right now, you know, <laughs> here's one of the things I think Disney has not done as well. Their Sith characters don't have the same menace. Kylo Ren was very conflicted, which you could see from the beginning, whereas Vader was not conflicted until the a little bit towards the end of Empire when you basically say, oh, okay, well, I'm your father, so join me. You know, uh, if Luke was just some random Jedi, he would have sliced and diced that dude six ways from Sunday. Yep. But... Disney, I don't think, has done a particularly good job with the Sith. They don't know that they can do something with the Sith, I don't think. Tantrums and destroying shit. Did you? Did Vader really do that? No. No, he didn't. But did they Palpatine don't... really do that? No, but uh, again... Hell, they're trying Alone to have these... Got it. Yep. A Grand Inquisitor in the first season of Rebels. By the way, a much better version than the one we got here. I know. Um, Obi-Wan. He wasn't bad. He was just not utilized. That, that's, that's probably one of my critiques about the situation. They didn't utilize the Grand Inquisitor as best as they could have. And in order to facilitate Reva's story, they quote-unquote, killed him off in, what, well, episode three? Him. They sidelined him in episode three or something like that. Maybe it was episode four. Um, it was either two or three. Yeah. So, no, I agree. They don't, they don't, 
They don't utilize their Sith side very. Wow, try to say that. Their Sith side very much um, effectively. No, at all. They don't. The better villains that they've done um, have been really non force users. Well, you got Thrawn. Well, yeah, Thrawn, but that template was already there, which is good. Right. Um, no, more like uh, even Krennic was more menacing than some of these Siths, although he did have one epic tantrum with uh, with Tarkin. But um, you know, look at the Paul Bettany was a bit more threatening, and he wasn't a Force user. In no, Solo. that's true. Actually, I found him very scary. Yeah, no. Well, it just shows that he's a pretty good actor, and oh, I mean, pretty they, good. <laughs> yeah, no. He, I mean, he is. He's a pretty good actor to get through some of the middling scripts that sometimes Star Wars has. Yeah. Oh, he was but, very menacing. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was menacing, but he was very mercurial. Where he's like threatening, and you're like. Wait, you might have something useful for me? Oh, come have a drink. Yes, I, I exactly. I kind of appreciate that sort of schizophrenic. <laughs> I mean, Moff Gideon. Yep. He's actually pretty, he's a pretty good villain. Well, yeah, which one's Moff Gideon? I'm thinking of Tarkin. Giancarlo es- Esposito from The Mandalorian. Right, thank you, Sorry. Yes, he was fantastic, and he didn't he didn't have these tantrums or anything. He was cold and calculate. It's the cold and the calculating. It's the wisdom of what well, the force was, can bring you, and that, you that, use it the, in, in right. such a menacing way. That's what's that's what's scary about the Sith. That it's was not the, Arkin. Yeah, Arkin was like that. That Dooku was like that. Yeah, it's Dooku not the, was a pretty good villain. It's it's not the the childlike. Uh, tantrums and the anger that is scary that that makes you a cartoon anger no the roiling rage that you could see emanating from vader even in the original trilogy this dark menace he has mm-hmm. oh an empire an empire when he's just straight up murdering fucking <laughs> imperial officers <Yeah. laughs> failure your 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 apology is accepted yeah <laughs> I mean, he killed an admiral and a, and a captain, I believe. Yeah, right well, that, he choked a guy to death with his bare hands, holding him above the ground. And the and yeah, he didn't even bother hope. with the force. I <laughs> nah, just straight up showed him, I am bigger, stronger, and I will crush you. Yep. <laughs> but Vader is fueled by his pain, hate, and rage. But it it's it's mostly just scalding hot beneath the surface. And he just channels it into power. And that's yes. that's some of the things you... you it's what you kind of got to see in... Uh, in uh, Rogue One at the very end, where he just goes on that rampage. It's kind of what you see in episode... Whatever it was, three maybe? Where they he actually catches up with Obi-Wan... And he's just walking through the town. He's force choking people. He's 
with the force oh, yeah. snapping a kid's neck. That was fucking dark, dude. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, again, he was trying to bait Obi Wan. He was, he was that. That was all bait to get Obi Wan to come out. He is the master <laughs> of laying a trap. Yes, yes, exactly. Now, okay, uh, let me step back for a second, and I want to bring. I want to say this, okay? I thoroughly enjoyed this show. I felt that it was very effective. I think mm-hmm. that having Leia in the show was the only way that they could have gotten Obi-Wan off of Tatooine. And they couldn't have had a show on Tatooine because it's been so much Tatooine lately. So much. <laughs> and really, aside from episode one and episode six, you really weren't on Tatooine. You know, most of the series was off. They went to Stardust City Rag. Right. They right. went to. Uh... But Mando keeps going back to Tatooine. Boba was there the entire time, obviously. I mean, and, and, that and that's fine. Sense, that made sense. Here, it was nice to see him not there. And having Leia as the reason for that, I think, was a good decision. I felt. And I. And what what I really liked, and I really did like this because we got to see Obi Wan grow. He was he he had atrophied because he was hiding, right? And when you hide, and he looked older in the first episode than he did in the last episode. Exactly, and I think they did that on purpose. But he was hiding. He had to hide his Force abilities. And he shut himself off from the force. He's he still had to rely on his own cunning, but he had to watch all these horrible things happen around him and he couldn't intervene. That would wear on someone who's who knows that I have the ability to stop something and I'm not because I'm I'm protecting myself. That goes back to the fantastic Clone Wars arc, uh, the Zagarian slaver arc. Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka are sent to find missing Togruton colonists. I didn't I think see this. this. Is, I think this might be season four or five. I haven't gotten to season four. So I mean, like, I'm in the middle of season three when so they introduce they, the Mandalorians and stuff. It, ah, I don't want to Don't worry. Don't, no, no, you're fine. It's fine. It's been out for 10 years, dude. 15 years now? Basically... They get caught by the slavers. Anakin becomes an interest to the slaver queen. Okay. But Ahsoka is kept in in prison or in like a cage in the palace as a basically an amusement for the queen. But they send Obi-Wan and Rex to work in to slave in these mines and any defiance by Obi-Wan, they just beat and tortured the, the other slaves. So basically they break Kenobi in order to get him to stop torturing people. They make him beg and then he can't fight back when they're whipping people. And even the, the, the other slaves are kind of turned against him because like when you try to help, all you do is get us hurt. So, yeah. So that's good. That's up good. Until yeah. the end of that, uh, and I do believe they're 
rescued by Anakin and Plo Koon. Justice for Plo. Um, <laughs> I, but you know, you know Obi Wan's nature, and he wants to help, and he can't here, and and that damages him a lot. Yeah. And so I liked seeing this. Now there's a lot of I can't I can't help but I have to bring this up, right? There's a lot of anger about this show for some reason. And a lot of it and it's from and I'm not just talking about like the hater sites and stuff that make you their living trolls? off of hating. Some of this anger trolls. is not coming from under the bridge. It's correct. I mean, there are some like people who have honestly tried to say, you know what, we're we're not part of the fandom menace. We're part of the gray order because we know that the force can be complicated. And and you know, they they outright they don't want to be part of the fandom menace. They they understand reason and storytelling and stuff. So even those sites are saying I've got a problem with this show. I haven't watched them because I wanted to have my own opinion before we talked about this because I didn't want to be influenced by others because Let's be honest, I could be influenced. Um, but and I know that there is this comparison between this show and The Last Jedi where they're, quote unquote, neutering Obi-Wan just like they neutered Luke. I don't they not I, I understand. The last where episode? The I know I, I understand where they're getting the idea from, but it's a completely different situation. Luke, they definitely. Be honest with me. When you saw Last Jedi, you were disappointed that when when um, Luke was fighting uh, Kylo Ren and he found out that it was just an astral projection, you were disappointed, right? Yeah. I'm like, what is this, Doctor Strange? Yeah. like, it, And look, astral projection is definitely something that's in Jedi lore. I think it I, – I seem to recall reading about it in the Expanded Universe – Oh, but it's there, yeah. Because I'm an expanded universe guy, the Luke Skywalker post-Return of the Jedi turns into a wise but epic badass. He becomes the grandmaster of a new and successful Jedi Order. Right. 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 He actually so, rebuilds the new Jedi Order. And right. Helps and, last Jedi, numerous. and Last Jedi he just craps like, all over that whole idea. Yeah. And I know that they're going to be different, but they turned Luke Skywalker into a total punk. Right. And that's what they were trying to compare Obi-Wan to, which I disagree with because we have the original trilogy evidence of why Obi-Wan had to do what he did. Yoda, the most powerful Jedi in the Order, went to Dagobah, a dark force system. He lived in the dark side to hide his powers. Yeah. He had to. And, and, and Obi-Wan, not nearly as strong as Yoda, just had to shut himself off as, from the force. In order to hide himself. And and we see evidence well, of this especially in the first to draw, episode. To make sure he's not bringing attention to Luke. Right. And, and so, and we see this with this rogue Jedi 
who was trying to track Obi-Wan down. And Obi-Wan's like, I go by Ben. I don't know who you're talking about. And he says, do yourself a favor. Bury that lightsaber in the desert and live on with your life. And, and <laughs> the poor Jedi is killed, you know, systematically, eventually. And hung on display, much like pirates of old, above the streets of Tatooine. Exactly. You you get a great um, argument between Ben and Owen. Yeah. Couple, actually. But Owen, who basically says he hates the Jedi, still doesn't call out Ben. But he also knows that calling out Kenobi could very well endanger Luke. Right. And by the way, they I, I love the fact uh, actually gave him a bit more character. Owen? Yeah. They still yeah. Stiff, they still stiff Baru for the most part, but <laughs> they did. <laughs> but they brought back the same actors from from uh, Attack of the Clones. And which was nice. the last, yeah, they were in Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith. They yep. didn't do shit in Revenge <laughs> no, of the Sith just had, other than they take the baby and do the Tatooine sun stare, which they were just how does part that of the not most, fucking blind you? It was the most epic, uh, epic conclusion to a trilogy that making you look forward to the next one. Mm. <laughs> Was that sh- that that par- uh, parting shot of them looking at the suns on on Tatooine? Um, There's two suns and no women. Yeah. To, to quote Chris Griffin. So <laughs> I need to rewatch that. Um, anyway, yes, I do like how they uh, worked on uh, Ben. I'm sorry, not Ben. Uh, Owen. And by the way, can we talk about how much time has passed since Attack of the Clones, which is technically 20 years, and how much that actor has grown? He's our age, by the way. Yeah, I mean, well, Joel Edgerton's a, a very successful actor. He's a, I mean, he can headline a movie. He could, and uh, my God, he... He did it, man. He was he was fantastic in that role. And by the way, they only show Baru in the final episode, but she was great too. Like she still got more character arc than in her three previous uh, <laughs> appearances combined. Yes, she did. She did, and she was like she was right there to 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 fire fire that rifle at Riva, and uh, they actually yeah. gave Riva a pretty good whooping. They did. I, I mean, as best they could, right? I mean, she was also injured. And was it was it Owen that punched her in the the lightsaber injury? Twice, I think. I think so. <laughs> so that was that was good. I liked that. And it was also scary because at that point, at that point, Riva had gravitas to her, and she lost um, everything basically for a second time. Right. And so now she now just wants to be on a murder spree. Well, that's what I was wondering, because I, I know we're going to jump ahead here and we could go back. I was the entire okay, time. Last night, I know. 
the entire time last night when I saw after Reva had gotten up and she was going after Luke. And by the way, can we talk about that realization that Obi-Wan had when he realized that Reva probably got the hologram emitter uh, or messenger from that that displayed um, Organa, uh, Senator Organa's message showing where Luke would be and that he's sitting on the freighter, just sitting there realizing it. And had that just that, oh, crap moment that just washed over him. That was wonderful. That was so well Fourth done. Precognition. It was kind of like how Luke got a vision of Han and Leia and all, yes. all being tortured on Bespin. It was so well done. And the way Ewan McGregor just like reacted is so subtle. But it was there, and you could see the changes and the the horror that he tried to hide. He tried to hide it. It was so good. It was great. And and um, anyway, Reva finds out that Luke, who's important, I don't know. Okay, if she we need realized. to back up. We need to back up. We got we got to kind of talk a little bit about how we reached this point. Because no, we already talked about we already talked about the no, general not really. Plot. So we, 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 but, but we learned that Reva they kind of hint at it in episode one because episode one opens with another order 66. Yeah, uh, look inside the temple. All right, there, fine. Let, bunch, well, let's go there's a through bunch Reva's of kids situation doing exercises, then all of a sudden they start hearing explosions. And the Jedi Master takes them out, and there's the battle is raging in the temple. And so she's trying to protect these kids, and there's like a half a dozen of them. She finally gets cut down, and all the kids look, and they're like, what we're going to do? And so they run, and then you don't see any more. Then you later find out that those kids run straight into Anakin Skywalker and a bunch right. of clones, and he just gets his murder heart on a go on and just starts <laughs> slicing and dicing small children like he's making potatoes. And uh, we learned that Reva decides to uh, kind of gets like knocked down, but unlike Chumbawamba, does not get up again and hides amongst the bodies of her fallen friends. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, they don't, they don't really say what happened, but at some point, she gets picked up by somebody sometime. Um, you know, apparently was living on the streets or whatever, and her force abilities draw attention to her. She gets brought into the Inquisitorious under the beefier... Grand Inquisitor, the non-Jason right. Isaacs Inquisitor. But uh, she's like so filled with rage, but she can't keep it below the surface. So she's always getting into shit with the other Inquisitors. Not like a bunch of Inquisitors are going to be chummy and help each other out, because they are no. dark acolytes. So they're all... They're fallen hate, angels. Hate and rage-filled douchebags. <clears throat> all they want to do is murder people, make people suffer, and root for the New York Jets. Oh, is that a requisite? 
it doesn't help. Oh, okay. Good to know. Uh, good to know. Good to know. Well, that is Boston's hell. That's true. <laughs> yay, yay, so you say. Okay, so we know. Okay, uh, all I'm saying is, I understood that I, I liked how Obi Wan was able to kind of get through her shell and be like, "You want to get him," and he subtly says to her at one point, "I'm not here for you. I'm here to bring him to you," meaning Anakin, because she blames. Darth Vader for all the horrible things and all the ancillary. All the Jedi who weren't there. Right. Anakin for turning on them. He was your Padawan. Right. I agree. I I mean, if your master was any stronger, maybe she'd be alive. I don't know. Right. I mean, there's there's blame to go around, of course. So, I I mean, it's pretty terrible. Darth Sidious, he was Darth Sidious, right? Who? Palpatine? Um, yeah. Yes, he was Darth Sidious. So Darth Sidious, yeah, he came to power at the height of the Jedi, you know, presence. So, yes, of course, the Jedi were completely inept and, and incompetent and, and all that. And I understand that anger. What really got me... And I appreciated him telling her, Obi-Wan telling Reva, I'm bringing him to you to give her that chance. Yeah, she didn't have much of a chance. She didn't. Vader whooped her ass six ways from Sunday. With never pulling a lightsaber. (laughs) Just used hers, swatted hers away, and then stabbed her with her own lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> he never way his lightsaber. The brand inquisitor who kept telling her, "Stop messing up the plan, bitch." Yep. So she stabbed him. She's like, "Who's the bitch now?" Right. Like, Fair point. As he's lying down. Right. So then he pops up back out of nowhere, like three episodes later. But I did learn, uh, listening to a couple of uh, and seeing, reading some stuff, and listening to a couple of other things. Because he's a Poen from Utapau, I guess they have two stomachs. So, so a stomach he's from wound. that same place that Obi-Wan was at mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith, right? Was. Yes, okay. Gotcha. He didn't look as much like them. No. <laughs> Looks like he got hit on the head. He did take a blunt force object to the forehead, that's for sure. <laughs> They're much thinner with higher crowns. Yeah. To be honest with you, they looked very creepy, although the dudes in Return of the Revenge of the Sith were actually, despite looking creepy and looking like, oh, that guy's obviously a bad guy. Yeah, those are the appear, good guys. Did not appear to be a bad guy. No. <laughs> they actually warned Obi-Wan. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, no, and I get that. What bothered me, what bothered me up until the end, and I don't know if this was my failing, and it very well could have been, was after all was said and done, she gets stabbed by Vader after Obi-Wan handed him, quote-unquote, 
handed him over on a platter for her to, to get her revenge, and she couldn't do it. Rather than rather than sit there in her own failure, she went after Luke. And I'm sitting here going, what did Luke do to her? And I still don't know if, if this is clear. But he says at the kind of at the end that she really just wanted to hurt somebody. Was and it she it, wanted to hurt someone or she wanted to hurt Anakin? It's a little bit unclear that for me. Okay, so here's but here's, here's the two different. Hold on, would hurt Kenobi. Well, here's the two different ways that this could go. She doesn't have any mo- motivation to hurt Kenobi at this point. Kenobi redeemed himself in her eyes. So I'm sitting here watching her go after. It. it seemed to be more of a an arrangement of convenience. Well, still, I mean, more. Quid pro quo. It was a quid pro quo. Um, so I'm sitting here yelling at the TV. Why is she going after Luke? Like, there was nothing in that message that indicated that Luke was Anakin's child. Other than, other than that there's a boy on Tatooine that Obi-Wan cares about. So, but enough the- that. Bail Organa is willing to go there. Right. So, but she, he only, she only went after Leia because she knew that Obi-Wan was connected to Bail Organa. So my question is, and I thought that this was cleared up at the very end, but now I'm thinking about it and it feels muddled. It felt like she wanted to go after Luke because she wanted to steal Luke from Darth Vader. From Anakin to, to 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 give maximum pain to him. However, I don't think she knew that Luke was Darth Vader's son. Yeah, I know it. It, it felt a little off. It's it's strange. so I was satisfied when I thought that she thought that, that when I thought that she was going after him because of Darth Vader's son. But now I'm sitting here going. That doesn't make sense because I don't think that she knew that. Ah, damn. Here I was. Literally, I just came to this realization before before the recording that my mentality was she knew that. She found out that it was Anakin's son. Damn. Damn, damn. Now I'm going to have to give this a B plus. (laughs) No, you still say you love this, so. I did. I I loved Kenobi. I thought Kenobi's story arc, and he had a story arc, which was something that, you know, we needed to see. Because in the original trilogy, he was just this old man hermit that had this knowledge and killed himself randomly to provide a, a distraction so that Luke could get away. Okay, fine. Um... And then we saw him, we we saw him mentoring Anakin in the original trilogy, and then all the Clone Wars and whatnot. But we didn't actually get to see something about Kenobi, you know. I mean, he he did bang like um, one of the Mandalorians. Yep, Satine. Yeah, not Sabine, but Satine. And he got to bang her. 
there's fan theories that this quote-unquote nephew who she claims she has is her secret son with Obi-Wan. Oh, Sabine's Sabine's nephew? Sateen. Sateen. Sabine is the is from Rebels. Sabine is from Rebels. Who does Katie Sackoff play? Bo Katan Kreese. Oh, Bo Katan. Sateen yeah. Kreese's sister. Right. So Bo Katan talks about a nephew. And so does <laughs> they both talk about a nephew. It's obviously uh, not Bo-Katan's kid. Yeah. Because to be no. honest with you, in order for Katie Sackhoff looking at uh, the way she does in The Mandalorian, like 20 years after The Clone Wars, maybe closer to 25, she'd have to be like 19 or 20 during The Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Maybe she probably could have been even 14 or 15. I don't think so. But you can stretch it out. I mean, it is Star Wars. I mean... uh, uh, Amidala was like 12 years old and the queen and freaking... (laughs) And uh, she was pregnant with twins. (laughs) That's not what's... That's not was, so, what someone who's pregnant with twins looks like, by the way. I know. Star Wars. Yeah. So that's my point. That's my point. So. Well, shoot. What was my... What, what, what were we originally talking about? Uh, how much uh, you love Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, I did like it. Something to aspire to. Uh, I'll, I'll never. I I appreciate a good beard. I'll never be able to tolerate one. I can barely tolerate what I have. Like I have to shave it down almost like two, three and a half days growth. What What you see with Kenobi, Obi Wan himself, is that he clearly. I don't even think he uses for the force until episode two. And he it's a struggle. And that's just to save it's to save Leia barely. Right. And I love the fact that when they're walking through the marketplace and he like grabs a a uh like some garments that cover up. It it looks like the, the green camouflage from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. They had a lot of clothing callbacks for her. Yeah. Which, I get, and I'm okay with. I, I don't think that's too heavy-handed. I think it's kind of cheeky. And when they do dress her up, it, she does kind of look like a mini Carrie Fisher. She does, yes. Which is kind of funny, because Carrie Fisher was not a very big person in the first place. No. By the way, can I just say this? I have a daughter that is basically the same age as this actress that played young Leia. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's feet are almost the size of my wife's feet, which are size 11. My daughter is <laughs> That's... is so tall. She's maybe <laughs> a year older than this kid. She's, yeah. she's like five inches taller, six yes. inches maybe taller than this girl. <laughs> yes. But again, if you're fine, again, Carrie Fisher, not a big actress. Padme Amidala, 
uh, uh, Natalie Portman. Not a, I think it was good casting. I mean, if you were to have, I mean, Hayden Christensen's tall. If you were to have, but he's not. He's not David Prowse tall. No, but yeah, but he's tall. He's tall. He's probably a, a legitimate six feet. But Natalie Portman's a small woman. If you were to have a tall statuesque actress play, and then you get Mark Hamill and uh, and Carrie Fisher as kids, you're like, what the hell happened to the gene pool? <laughs> like drop uh, size wise. Um, yeah. She really, I, uh, this girl crushed it. She, she crushed did. It. She, she did. I, I just ready. noticed. She actually could act. See, the problem with child actors is sometimes it just, they're not the best actors. And that's no, fine. And, they're children. Well, that's my point. When I saw Phantom Menace, I didn't think that Jake Lloyd was a bad actor. I mean, I can look back now and understand the criticism, but he was a kid and the writing for that movie was terrible. You know what I mean? Mm. The writing here for Kenobi, let's be honest, is not great. I.e., let's look at Riva, because the writing for Riva was was uneven. You're right, but they they somehow did a very good job with Leia. I don't know how. The second and, and I appreciated it's only a Leia six episode series, but they really did pick up in the second half. Yeah. But it's funny, I've seen uh, quite a few people say that there's significant parallels between the six episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the six uh, George Lucas era movies. Very significant callbacks and references in both. So if Mm. the first three episodes were the weakest, so are the prequels. (laughs) And the prequels have gotten a lot of love in the last few years, and I think it's warranted, but still, at times, not as strong as the original series. No, and I understand. I think I think that I think the love for the prequels was actually corporate manufacturism. I think a lot of people were like, wow, the prequels weren't nearly as much of a mess as the sequel trilogy and. If you watch it with the Clone Wars, it actually makes some of the characters better. You kind of understand Anakin's motives of going fucking sideways in Revenge of the Sith. That's sure. more believable, especially when you find out that Ahsoka bails because the Jedi screwed her. Well, sure. No, I, I, I understand that. Problem is, the movies are supposed to stand alone. And none of those shows were there before at at the time. No. So, but now you can't separate them because no, there's I, so I, much being drawn from the animated shows that are ending up in the live action shows that are starting. I think you will see them influence the movies, much like Doctor Strange had significant influence from WandaVision. True. So, By the way, I just started watching the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness for the first mm-hmm. 30 minutes. Yeah. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Thought it's great. I can't watch it anymore until I have the wife involved, which I hope I can watch tomorrow. All I'm saying and, is more Wong. 
I know Wong comes to the rescue, man. <laughs> He's great. I we we need more Wong, honestly. <laughs> I'd be happy if we, they had actually had a spinoff movie, Wong. Yeah. But well, he's such if, a strong BD Wong is it's BD Wong, right? Shit. Did I get that wrong? I think it's Benedict Wong. I think I got it wrong. God I don't wanna I don't wanna get that wrong. Let's see. It's Benedict Wong. Yeah. So, okay. So, B.D. Wong. All right. No, there is a B.D. Wong out there, though. Yeah, that's. I think that's the guy who's uh, in... Um, he's always... He was on one of the Law and Orders for a while, and he's the he's the scientist in... Oh, he's the in scientist Jurassic in Jurassic Park, Park, who's basically really the main villain. I did he's the geneticist. I did a simile. Oh, I don't like that. I'm sorry. Hey, look, I'm man. Sorry. Not every Wong or every Wang look alike. They don't. That's the worst part. Benedict Wong and B.D. Wong don't look like at all. And I think <laughs> B.D. Wong, isn't it with an A, though? Or is uh, it No, a... it's, the same, it's the same spelling. Okay. Well, what can I say? Another fail for you. It is. it is another fail. Let's figure out how many more I can do. Um, anyway, back to Obi-Wan. <laughs> or the best crossover ever, Obi-Wan. Oh, my God. I don't know, <laughs> man. I'm staying away from that. <laughs> Indiana Jones, anyone? <laughs> Love Obi Wan. See, he was doing Star Wars Easter eggs in Indiana Jones. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they slipped in C three PO and R two D two and some hieroglyphs, and uh, I think it might have been uh, in Raiders. It was in Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Here's something I learned today. Spaceballs. Apparently, you know about George Lucas's no merchandising clause with um, when Mel Brooks asked to do the the parody, right? Yeah. And he said, like, Lone Star couldn't be dressed like, like Han Solo. So he went out, Mel went out of his way to dress him like Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's right. He did the brown leather jacket. The brown leather jacket. You're right. Oh shoot. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's that's awesome. God bless Melvin Kaminsky, man. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I recommend uh, Netflix uh, documentary series, "The Toys That Made Us." Have you watched that? I think I've watched one. I think I watched they the one on the Masters of the Star Universe. Star Wars toys. They talk about He-Man toys. They talk about uh, Star Trek toys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I fully recommend it. Even like the they talk about Legos. They talk about uh, My Little Pony, which is actually very interesting. I fully recommend it. We'll see. 
we'll see. That being said, back to Obi-Wan. Each episode, you see him start to get stronger in the Force as he starts basically owning up to it. Because remember, he basically tells Bail Organa, "Uh, dude, I can't do dick anymore. Can't can't somebody else go save Leia? Hey, call and up, then we Steve, see him run from Stephen Lang. Wash can get right. in there. And we see him run from that, Darth that's Vader. Who, that's who's the queen of Alderaan. Yeah. That's Wash from Terranova. No. Uh, I'm not going to. I wasn't going to get that. There's just well, no way. I was like, she looks familiar. I really need yeah. to look her up. So I did. And I'm like, that's why. There you go. So, all right, a couple things on this. Let's talk about the final battle, because the first battle wasn't really much of a battle. It was oh, Darth Vader just mauling you know, Obi-Wan. and mauling Obi-Wan. Uh, the second battle, which was supposed to be the be-all, end-all of rematches. Mm. What'd you think? The rematch. Obi-Wan went down, back down to the planet. To a slag tight area. First off, of rock formations. Not, not Tatooine. Not Tatooine. Second of all, not lava. No, but he he did it. He went down there so that so that Darth Vader would focus on him, and the and the um, the Empire would focus on him rather than uh, going after the the refugees. And saving Leia in the process. Who Leia did not want him to go, by the way. Yeah. Form an attachment with him at this point. Attachments are not the Jedi way. Well, understood. But so what did you think about that final battle? I thought it was pretty epic. It wasn't quite as drawn out as the one from Revenge of the Sith. You mean the 45-minute battle over lava? Yeah. <laughs> it was 45 minutes long, I think. It was something... It it was long. It was it insane. Was I mean, it was good, but it was long. Yes. Um, And the score was fantastic with it. It really... Uh, with the, the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. The oh, Obi-Wan score was pretty good, too. They They used a lot of hints. Uh, but they were like they were like little starters, yeah. Before they would veer off, so kind of all, it's all like proto original trilogy kind of things. Yes, but it was pretty good. Um, you got to see some uh, some expansion of force powers. Here's one of the things that they didn't show you in any other time. Now you're seeing it where. They're using the force to block lightsaber strikes. Vader used That's it on true. Reva. Yes. And I mean, in. There's no reason for it not to work that way. Right. It was kind of like watching Kylo Ren freeze the blaster bolt, which was pretty cool. Um, that, that, was Vader holy, deflect that was a holy them. ass moment. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Vader deflect them in, the, you know, Empire, where Han Solo was like, I guess we're about to see who the biggest badass is, bitch. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I <Yep>. guess it's you. <laughs> yep. 
You got to give Han credit for not being phased by Darth Vader being there. He just immediately draws and fires. He was a little <laughs> phased, but he went right to it. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> and I think that that was the only time that we saw Han directly uh, confronting Vader. Yeah, I mean... After that, he's being tortured, and then he's being stuffed in carbonite, and Vader's watching yeah. all that. I mean, but that's not the first time they've actually duked it out. Han actually got the better of of, of Darth in their first meeting when he shot him in the ass outside the Death Star. Or when, he, when the Millennium Falcon came back. And gave Luke cover on the oh, trench. Oh, God, you're right, you're right. And, and basically <laughs> yeah. threw Vader out of the trench. And goes, flying off, and that's why the he's the sole survivor of Death Star 1. But, and then we got I mean, the, you get to see stuff. them lightsaber blocking, which was cool. Uh, yes. You got to see, I mean, shit, Obi-Wan Kenobi was making... Some better moves in in that fight than he was in in two thousand four when they filmed I, Revenge of the Sith. I know, and it didn't fucking... feel like it was over flourishment either. No, but yeah, Vader. What you did see is just Vader is so powerful. These overhand strikes, even with one hand, was not. It, I mean, obviously, he just bludgeoned Kenobi uh, in their first fight in the series, and then drags him through fire. He's like, ha ha. Who's crispy mm. now, bitch? He yeah. was. It was like it, it was purely rage and revenge. If it wasn't for interference from uh, Idira Varma's character uh, Tala, who was a pretty good character, actually. I liked. I I liked that character a An lot. An imperial who saw them like wiping out villages and like this isn't what I signed up for. Right. And becomes the. One of the key cogs of the underground Jedi Railroad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciated that. I, I appreciated do. that a lot. I, I liked her. I liked her bond with Leia. Which was quickly formed, by the way. Um, but the last scene, the last battle. We saw Obi-Wan finally get through his barriers and what what was it that did it because i what was it that that got him to just like he force pushed vader away right and knocked him against a stalactite and then well and then first, and then like forget, he just like brought vader up all up the boulders him. he straight up buries him first and That's he's true. using the force to kind of hold him up and as he's hearing all of the hatred and failure in his mind from Anakin, and then he starts picturing Luke and Leia, and he's like, oh shit, I need to get out of this. And he's like praying to his lord and savior, Qui-Gon Jinn, and then he gets superhero force push. Kind of, kind of similar to what they did with Rey towards the end of The Last Jedi, where she tried we, to we clear... We don't want to bring The Last Jedi into this. I, you know what? I kind of liked that scene. I, I get it. I understand it. But let's talk about it within the original but context. Still of the blows it and... out. He comes back. Yeah. 
And he's moving so smooth that Vader barely feels or hears him until Kenobi's about to take his head clean off. Hello there. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, and he, he did go back to the uh, javelin and mo the Javelin, yeah. <laughs> Which I love. When he did that, I'm like, oh! He did it in... The prequels, yeah, did it in Rebels when he when he just it. destroyed um, Maul, Darth Maul. Yeah, well, that was, was a per- Darth at that and point. It, as short and as quick as that fight is, you, it's a really good fight because you it's just satisfying. See, you see Obi Wan just use such minimal in minimal movement and surgical strikes to end it like that. Yes, 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 and he goes from his original. You know, Javelin Mo, that's what I like to call mm-hmm. it. It's whatever, Form 3 or whatever it is. But he's got the two fingers out like, here, pick out two, knucklehead. He's like going <laughs> to poke Vader in the eyes. Oh, Mo, Mo! Like <laughs> but he's got, he's got the lightsaber over his head like he's about to throw a Javelin, which I love. That's the, you know, where he breaks down into that in... Um, you know, to fight Grievous. And then, of course, it shows up a lot in Clone Wars and then in Rebels. So it's continuity across three different venues for the character. And uh, then you're like, whoa, Obi's back. Yeah. Obi's back, baby, when he breaks that out. And then he just starts moving. And the smartest thing he did... Especially because he couldn't really outpower Vader. You saw Vader just raining blows, kind of how he whooped Luke's ass on, um, on Best Sky City, where in Cloud City, where he's just first he's abusing him personally, and then he's hitting him with flying slow moving objects. That went through my mind too, yeah. And you just see him knocking Kenobi over in the first fight in the Kenobi series, and then. A little bit in the early part of the second fight, this climactic fight, and so Kenobi just starts moving. He's like, he's like the guy, the the speedy uh, boxer who's bobbing and weaving to avoid those big haymakers from Tyson. You know, the Sugar guy with Ray. good footwork. Oh yeah, that you know that marvelous Marvin Hagler kind of <laughs> footwork there, and he just du- ducking out of the way. And it's intense. And then he goes for the the smartest thing anybody ever did in Star Wars. He uses the butt end of his lightsaber and just starts smashing Vader's controls for his breathing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, why the fuck didn't anybody else think of that? I know, right? Just, just, and it busts him. And then in a parallel to the fight that Vader had with Ahsoka in the season two finale of Rebels, he gets a chunk of Vader's helmet. Yep. Cleaves it clean off. And right. then that this scar... This isn't a crack. It's a whole chunk. Oh, yeah. And that scar that appears in Return of the Jedi that did not seem to appear in Revenge of the Sith is made right there. Yep. Cannon. I know. I know. Yeah. And at that point, I, some uh, in a review I was reading, somebody did point out 
Ahsoka got the right side of the helmet. Kenobi got the left side. Oh, I thought it was both the left side, but I'll... Uh, no. It, but it's, I, I don't dispute. I'll, I'll go back. I was going to go back and watch anyway, so... Yeah, I, dude, it was it was epic. So, um, did you... I loved the dialogue that they had at the end of that fight. When, when I mean, at that point, his, his mask is half off. He's not getting the sustenance he needs. So Vader is truly weakened. He can't fight anymore. I know. And, and, he, and he's struggling to even get to his feet. And, to be and Obi-Wan you, goes, I'm sorry. He apologizes to Anakin for because he couldn't save him. Well, and then know, and, and there's that blue, there's too. the blue color. Right. You know, go ahead. He apologized to Anakin. They're almost it, he apologized to him there where he realizes it's more, you know, he feels like there was more he could have done. Right. Whereas in Revenge of the Sith, he does admit, I have failed you, but he's like, but you're a real douche now. Right. This I mean obviously apparent it's like when you lose your your cool is like apparently I'm a shitty parent because you can't <laughs> clean your room. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and I I, I love that that I'm sorry and he's cr- he's near he's near tears. You can see the tears coming. And it's all that, blue. Yeah. They're and both washed in sadness. blue. It's that sadness. sadness. And because then, in Revenge of the Sith it was anguish yes he's Here like sadness you were the pity. chosen one mm-hmm. i loved you you betrayed yes. everything you know it, it, it was it was more you know pushing this upon anakin and at this point he's i'm sorry i should have done more this right. is me <laughs> yes i and love what, that and what could have been some of Hayden Christensen's best acting, where he's like, "You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. I killed him." And you can yes. start seeing he's he's getting a little bit of his groove back, feeding off of somebody else's sadness and pain. And that's when there that's when his face washes in red again, and yeah. you see Obi Wan's face wash in red and be like, "Oh, oh." And he even says it: "You're beyond redemption, or you're beyond you're beyond saving." Or I've, no, no. He says like, I've then truly my lost. Is dead. I've, then my I, my friend is truly dead. Yes. Something like that, and that was heartbreaking. I actually got a little teary eyed. Yeah, it was. You and McGregor's a fantastic actor, and we, yes. you've actually got to see better dialogue, and uh, you know, for Hayden Christensen. And better acting. And again, in a very similar parallel to the fight with Ahsoka, where at times the voice would fade in and out between Anakin and Vader. Mm -hmm. At certain points, you hear um, Hayden Christensen's voice, and other times you're hearing James Earl Jones' voice, and then the blending. They did that in that fight in Rebels, where you heard a little bit of Matt Lanter as Anakin from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And then James Earl Jones, who, by the way, 
I don't know if he's been, uh, if they've done a little bit of tweaking, but man, the Vader voice sounds better here than it did in Rogue One. Mm. It, it was all digital. Like, it, James Earl Jones didn't record a single line. They he didn't? No. Did they do this like they did Luke in Boba Fett? Yeah. That's a little bit of a bummer. I know, but well, I mean, they gave James Earl Jones credit. He probably got paid for it, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. He didn't record a single line. That's a little disappointing. I know. I was excited at the idea of how robust he was, just like in Lion King. But uh, that's where they learned to to reverb his voice and uh, to make his voice in Lion King. Still, so hearing that voice. Seeing that mask, seeing Vader in basically his prime. What what was he then? Maybe in his early thirties. Mm, probably, yeah, something like that. And it's pretty intense. They fucking really jammed on this one. Yeah, I mean, you get to see like Yadira Varma's character do the great sacrifice. To help them escape. You get yep. to see the shuttle trick. That looked very similar. <laughs> to the one from. The Rise of Skywalker. Um, where Vader just goes after. The, the, the shuttle right in front of him. Giving the other shuttle a chance <laughs> to escape. Yep. But you get to see Vader. Using a lot of different force powers. Yes. And which is what I always liked. What was it the. What was this? I mentioned this before the Star Wars uh, game where he's fight where uh, they show like some the force unleashed, the force unleashed, where they show a Padawan fighting a bunch of uh, stormtroopers. And then Darth Vader comes around the snowy bend and he gives a force wave and it vaporizes the stormtroopers. Oh, no, no, no. The acolyte, the acolyte, the acolyte or the Jedi Padawan does a force wave and it vaporizes the stormtroopers, but Vader just goes boom. He just step he just like is pushed back an inch or two just yeah. to absorb it. Like I saw that. And I'm like, oh that's the kind of Vader we're supposed to see. And what, I feel like what, we're seeing we saw that this in this show. And and here's the neat thing when you watch Vader, you see that he's not a great duelist with a lightsaber. Not the way Anakin is. It's power, no. it's rage, and it's not a whole lot different than the David Prowse Anakin, uh, the way he just would, like a big, strong, like Thor, mm -hmm. you know, just ah, blow, sweep, slashes, you know. Uh, still better, better moves than in the original trilogy, but you can see <laughs> that it's... It's more like that than Anakin Skywalker, one of the greatest duelists of the uh, Jedi Order. Right. Spinning right. the lightsaber, spinning around, flipping off of stuff. Not, that, not exactly Vader's jam. No. But you got good character development. That, what was the um, leader of the Underground Railroad? Rukan? Rukan. Rokan. Rokan? Rokan. Rokan or something. It was uh, begin with an R. Yeah, yeah, I liked him a lot. Me too. I kind of hope so that great. he shows up in like Andor. Yeah, 
He was fantastic. That would be good. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, him and Tala, even though Tala's dead. I those are delightful characters. Um What'd you feel about the Zach Braff cameo? I I barely recognized him, but that's what that's what they do now. They find a comedian or a comedic actor, make him an alien or a stormtrooper, and let him get some shit. I'm okay with it. Zach Braff sounded just like Seth Rogen. Uh, it's not. I'm sorry, Seth. He did uh, sound more like Seth Rogen, a little bit. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah, I was thinking Joe Room, but Seth Rogen. Yeah, he sounded a lot like Seth Rogen. That's who I thought it was. I think he even had the laugh. <laughs> right. But. Um, yeah, that Roken. was weird. Broken. Broken. Broken, yeah. And what did I like I got I got teary-eyed when when um Obi-Wan went to Roken and said, You're a leader. People look up to you. Keep this going. We're gonna need leaders. We're gonna need leaders. I loved that. I loved that scene. That was me, so me great. Too. Uh, you know what? And I and I like Camille Nanjiani. I did like Kamel Johnny's character oh, too. I mean, I knew you could tell that he was a shyster in the beginning. He's like, woo, as he does a, the Jedi uh, mind the, trick. <laughs> yeah. He's like, grew. It's like, freeze ray. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Despite, despite all of his protests that he's not that good a guy, he, he kept stepping up. I mean, yes, he did. He was a con artist, but he was part of this underground railroad. Right. Um, but I think meeting Kenobi has kind of made him a better man. He promised to make sure Leia got home, and apparently he pulled he got it her off. home. Yeah, he did. He, he he still had that trademark wit that most of his characters have, and it it was fun. It was a fun character. It was nice to see better characters you know it was a different up. it was a different character that i really enjoyed well you know it's back to those kind of friend there's always these crooks in star wars who have become yeah heroes. han solo yeah. was a smuggler boba fett went from being kind of a bad guy and antagonist to kind of being a good guy and a protagonist now he's still a crime boss but he's like we're gonna be a crime <laughs> syndicate based on respect yeah, I know, right? <laughs> One of the things I love the most about this series is when I learned that Hayden Christensen, in order to get himself in in the mindset, went and watched the entire Clone Wars. Oh, good for him. That's, that's Having good. Having not played the character since 2005, Christensen rewatched the Skywalker saga films as well as the animated series Clone Wars and Rebels to prepare for the role. That is, you know what, that's a person who is attached to his craft. And he understood that there was a whole lifetime that Anakin had that he didn't do, he didn't represent. Yeah. And that he needed to show in this series, which actually, I, I again, writing helps. But that flashback with that duel would between him and, and Obi-Wan, I, I found that very gratifying. Oh, the flashbacks where they were fighting? Yeah. Doing the practice? Yeah, that was yeah. pretty good. It was good. One, because you got to at least see him outside the damn 
Yeah. Mask. Although I did like seeing him in as Vader in the temple. I wish we got a little bit more. You know, <laughs> what, that, what would have been great if they actually showed him supposedly, and there, there's been like three death scenes for Shock T, and I guess there was the a a death scene that was like a, 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 a deleted scene or something from Revenge of the Sith or something like that. Would have been better if they just went and like he had a short duel with her or something. That would have been cool. I like yeah. the fact that they acknowledge that Quinlan Voss survived. You know, Obi-Wan gives this little smile when he reads a note from Quinlan. Yeah. Like, Quinlan was here. Oh, he's like, oh, good. This guy I know survived. Yeah. It, um, it would have been kind of neat if you got a Quinlan cameo somewhere, but I understand why they didn't. However, here's the one that kind of broke my heart a little. Tamora Morrison playing a homeless clone trooper in his old yeah. phase two armor of the hundred of the 501st Legion. Yeah. With a beard and long hair. Weren't just, they supposed to say that that was supposed to originally be Captain Cody, wasn't it? Well, no. Commander Cody was yellow. Commander that Cody. was Obi-Wan. There, there are people who think it could be Rex. Which would be, This would be Rex before he found Gregor and Wolf and they went and hit out. Right. Until, which would be about four uh, or five years. No, they held... They hit out on like a desert planet and Ahsoka sent them to go find some clones. Oh, that's right, yeah. For the last but, the last clone war battle. <laughs> right. And then Rex was kind of like a recurring character and then they they retconned him to be that old dude with the beard. Yeah, that's Return right. The Jedi, yeah. which I thought yeah. was pretty awesome. That but, would make sense. That would make sense. So it would be it was but it was <laughs> There's this military um, version of the Onion. Basically, it's called the Duffel Blog, and ah, they, they, I think clever. they, I, I want to say, I think they had an article uh, that was like, even the Star Wars universe has a shitty VA, <laughs> and it, it's that picture, and that's well, heartbreaking. And yeah. you know, as as horrified as Obi Wan is to see him. He's like, holy shit, this guy's rough. And he still gives him credits. Yeah. Part yeah. of me was hoping that guy, that he would come back around and it would be shown that that was Rex. I would have loved that, but it's okay. We can see it. We can see it at another time. Who knows? I, I, Before has we this wrap been up, renewed for season two? There's, there's talk about it. They kind of led us to believe that it was not going to be a series. It was just going to be like a six-part right. series, but I guess with some of the popular demand and some of the critical reception that they might they might be kicking around an idea for a season two. Now, here's what I'd like. The last thing before we sign off is to talk very briefly about the two epic cameos that happened at the end. All right, before we do that, I just want to say this one thing. Yep. And get your thoughts, and then we'll talk about that, and we'll wrap it up. It's fast. It's fast. At the very end, when... Uh, Anakin says, well, when Darth Vader says, you didn't kill him, I <laughs> did. And then that's when Obi-Wan goes, well, then my best friend is truly gone or dead. I don't remember the exact quote. My friend. And then he, he didn't says, say best friend. He just my, said, my friend. 
then he walks away and he goes, he says something and referring him to as Darth. He right. refers to him as his title, not as his name. Just like in A New Hope, where he says, where Obi-Wan only is fighting him. Only a master of evil, Darth. Darth. Only a master of evil, Darth. Not Dooku. Like, every time he fought some Sith, he referred to them as their name. But here, he just says their title. Like, he, he, he strips... He strips Anakin of his name, even. I, just, what do you think of that? I think it's part of the fact that he just can't reconcile Anakin as Vader. Right. Now, I used to think that it was just like they didn't, at that point, they didn't think that it was a title. They just thought it was part of his name. Right, right. You know, from, in the original Right. Obviously, what they're doing, and this is probably a little fan servicey, but it's also co- connective tissue, which is good. Right. I'm okay with that. It wasn't too heavy-handed. No, it wasn't. And I thought, I thought it actually was very effective in showing mm-hmm. he's not gonna say the Vader name to to Vader. He's just gonna say Darth. You yeah. are a Darth. You're not. You're not. You're not Anakin. You're a Darth. You you have no name anymore. It's like it was almost like him saying, you know, whenever when people would spit out the name Jedi, whatever Jedi. Right, right, right. So um, hey, that was my two Mando. thoughts. Yeah, man, that's almost a racial slur at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jedi almost seems like one too. Yeah, almost. Yeah. So, all right, you, your last thoughts. Two epic cameos to end. Each of the two major characters had an epic cameo talking to their masters. You hear Ian McDermott's creepy Darth Sidious Emperor Palpatine. And the kind of reference about Kenobi sounding very similar to the discussion they had about Luke. I wonder if your mind is clear on this. Right. <laughs> in that creepy but, congested constipated voice he has Palpatine which and, actually explains why Darth Vader doesn't sense Luke or Leia because he shuts his past off at that point he actively well, shut off his past he, he did commit he, he did say well we're looking all over for Kenobi Right. And Palpatine's like, dude, I mean, why? Right. So he shuts himself off to the possibility of anything that could have come from his past at this point. Plus, what we did fail to mention is Kenobi whoops Vader and doesn't kill him. Still can't kill him. Right. Ah, true. True. He kind of in some ways buried a little bit of his guilt with his apology and kind of washed his hands a little bit of him again. Mm-hmm. But he, when you see him walking away, unlike as depressed as he looked at the end of revenge of the Sith, he's got a newer perspective on life, newer attitude, especially when he comes back and helps Owen and Baru look for Luke and basically yeah. convinces Reva to, get her head out of her ass. She's like, 
you're free of him too. You don't have to you don't have to darth around. You can go off and do whatever. You yeah. can go be an intergalactic page uh, an intergalactic pastry chef. You can I don't know, go work at Java's, I don't know, whatever. Just don't do this shit. Get out of here. Right. And he doesn't kill her. I kind of thought maybe they'd have one last confrontation, but she just disappears. And yep. then Obi-Wan goes back to Alderaan, where you see young Leia, who's finally, because at the very beginning, she's like always trying to run away from her duties because she yep. is not interested in listening to stuffy assholes. And she right. tears them all new ones, which is hilarious. But she takes the, the holster of um, Tala that Kenobi gave her. And she's got Lola in the in the holster. And she's got little combat boots and little fingerless gloves along mm-hmm. with her royal <laughs> garments. So she's like, she's there's going to be some changes. I'll, I'll yep. do some of this, but I'm going to be some of this. So, and her parents are like, okay, well, we can't stop you. <laughs> it's like, well, well, all right, you're meeting us halfway. We'll get, we'll get on with it. Yep. And then uh, Kenobi comes back. He has a nice little moment with Bale. And if you ever need me again, you know where to find me. You know, I served you well in the Clone Wars. And then he tells Leia, hey, it was great rescuing you and all but can't say anything otherwise um people will know about you and me and we don't want that to happen and so that's why yes that's why the transmission is a little more impersonal kind of sounding that's what they're painting that as yeah obi-wan finally gets a chance to meet luke he kind of tells owen you're right he needs to be a kid I'm going to chill out for a while. If you need me, I'll be around, but I'm not going to be hovering overhead. You know, let him go stare at the suns, you know, shoot small animals because there's nothing else to do. That sort of stuff. Kid stuff. Right. And then he rides off on his camel and meets Qui-Gon Jinn standing in the mm-hmm. desert. Yep. Who basically? I was waiting for that freaking cameo. (laughs) We all knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. But it was good to see him. It's good to hear him. Yeah. He did actually cameo twice in the Clone Wars. The character, but not Liam Neeson. Oh, Liam Neeson came back to voice the Clone Wars twice. He did voice really. He did oh, good for him! Of... My respect for him goes up through the roof. Yep. yep. I mean, I always respected Liam Neeson. I'd actually, I would put Liam Neeson as my uh, emergency contact because I'm pretty sure that he would be the one that could solve any of my emergencies. So, <laughs> like him trying to smuggle the tricks out of the <laughs> out of the grocery store in Ted too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, anyway, it was kind of good to see him. There's rumors he's going to come back in that Tales of the Jedi anthology, which I think is another animated series. Which would be well, neat. Why not? 
I mean, Disney's paying out the nose for this stuff right now. So, so here's what Disney should do. They could, and I know they kind of did it with the visions, the anime that's like all in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But if, if we saw how successful and how fun pe- and how much people enjoyed Marvel's What If, Star Wars What If would be pretty fucking cool. Yes, I just feel it would fall too much close to the Marvel brand in that sense. I know, I get it. I understand. I understand. I, I Chris would like Evans is like actively hunting for a role in Star Wars. I know. Half I know. the half the Marvel universe is like, oh, I'm gonna jump in Star Wars now. Paul well, Bettany's already done it. Well, Chris Evans knows that he can't go back to Pixar because he ruined Pixar's brand. So <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've heard really conflicting reports like people hate it and other people love it. So I don't know. I've got an analysis on it. It's not worth talking about now. Fair um, it, by the way, I'm, I'm just going to say Chris Evans did not ruin Pixar. It's just a joke. So, um, but that no, being said. Friend. What do you final think? Grade, final grade for Kenobi. A minus. Look at you. I'm actually going to go with an A minus as well. I, my only my only thing is, I just don't know what they were trying to do with Reva in the final episode going after Luke. Yeah, I just yeah. don't know. And I could be wrong. I could have missed her finding out that Luke was Anakin's son, but I don't understand how that would have been mentioned knowing how secretive that is, you know? One thing that I sw- that I think they did miss the boat on a little is not having Cody in the show. Uh, yeah, that would have been nice. That's a season two thing, though, that they could do. Yeah, hope... I, then if they're, they're going to do that, that would be cool because... And you don't really see it in... in the prequels much like you see it a little bit like he gives obi-wan his lightsaber back he's like mm-hmm. the only clone who actually gets a name uh yeah like a good man that cody uh, yeah you know they kind of uh banter uh briefly once or twice you know and Utapau. and then of course you see how well they work in the clone war series and of course how tight he and Rex were and to know that Cody stayed with the Empire but Rex became a rebel you know I I hope we get a resolution if not with him then with Rex somewhere maybe in the Bad Batch I think he's supposed to show up in the Bad Batch so maybe maybe they'll solve it there but that would have been well there's no resolution with the Bad Batch because that's well before Rebels right Right. So unless they happen to kill Cody off in the bad batch. So true. But I'm talking about Rex, but yeah. Right. No, Cody Cody's story is wide open. Which right. well, you know, I, that's a season two thing. Because I, I mean Ken- Kenobi's not bound to Tatooine anymore. He's just saying, Call me if you need me at this mm-hmm. point. So he'll be out there. Yeah. Well anyway. I enjoyed the series. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have minded if it went another few episodes to flesh out a couple of things, but I don't feel it was cut short. 
No, I don't think so either. For the story? No, I completely it, it, it agree. Might have, it might have filled out a little bit more of Reva's character and maybe it given a little bit. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the Underground Railroad, especially since you can't really tell if any of the people in there, if they were running on this path, it would have been good to see like a Jedi or something. Even if they don't do jack shit, and it's like, oh, hey, you were Padawan. <laughs> you need to yeah. lead these people out of here while I go stop Vader. Yeah, so, that would have taken away from Rogan's... Uh, Rogan... R- Rogan's... did uh, have... Power, a quick, you know? A quick thing where it's like... <clears throat> he mentioned that his wife was taken because she was Force-sensitive. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. You're right. Well, that added a nice little tragedy to him, and and anyway, I love Roken. He's such a good guy. Yeah, oh, I want to see more of him. <laughs> I more did too. original. I found him very endearing. <laughs> yeah. They didn't already right. have seven other series lined up. I would have said you could spin him off and show him leading the Underground Railroad. I know, that, right? That would have been a neat series. That would have been something fun. Anyway, so anyway, well, on good that job, note, everyone, I think that this was a good episode, a good show, and uh, I want another season. I got to be honest, I do. So that being said, I think that brings us to the ultimate end. Uh, DT, anything else? No, what I would like is to just say thank you to everybody. I know. I know that we, uh, you know, kind of go off on tangents, but I enjoyed Obi-Wan. And uh, Ewan McGregor coming back was excellent. Seeing the response to Hayden Christensen is very heartwarming. Yes. uh, I enjoyed it. It It was entertaining. It had heart. Bring on Mandalorian Season (laughs) 3. Bring on Mandalorian Season 3. On that note, everyone... I don't know. Something's happening. On that note, everyone, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, folks. May the Force be with you. And it's over. I have the high ground. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by AlphaSight Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.